Welcome to AirViz Aerial Services Podcast. Today we're going to talk about a couple of rising topics in the ag industry, such as drones and agriculture and precision agriculture. We'll cover a couple of key terms associated with those technologies, such as NDVI, NIR, LIDAR, and RGB. We'll go through some real-life examples and cover some of the benefits that can be brought to a consumer. So when I think about precision agriculture as a whole... It's all about optimizing inputs like seed and chemical to enhance production from both a yield and quality perspective. And how you do that, well, that's the magic question, but you look to cut the waste and eliminate costs that don't bring return. So using drones in agriculture and precision agriculture, you have increased knowledge to make better farm decisions, such as allocate inputs better. So where this could be used, such as uh, fertilizer, so um, spreading in areas of the farm that maybe don't actually need it, Um, seeding into areas of the farm that maybe can't handle that desired plant population that you think it can. Um, So it's all about just making better input costs and where you see obviously the greatest return um, is when input costs and output costs are the greatest uh, because you'll see the biggest gain per acre on your yield um, for your output as well as your input. If you can properly allocate them you can save a ton. So Um, It's really important um, and it's all about just making better decisions as mentioned. But before I get too far into it, I'm going to throw it over to my partner and he can cover some of the key terms. Yeah, so like Brian said, when we're looking at precision agriculture, we really want to dive into the data side of farming and we want to be able to reduce our costs by making smart decisions that are backed by data. At the end of the day, the numbers aren't going to lie to us. So the way we do that, we have three different technologies. Um, So the first one is an RGB sensor. That stands for red, green, and blue. That's your common sensor that you would find in the back of your phone, something like that. And so we looked at Precision Ag and we said, okay, when a human's going out and they're looking at the field, how can we make this process more efficient, save time, and save money? And so with an RGB sensor, we can put a drone up in the air, cover a vast amount of land in a fraction of the time and we can do things like crop emergence stuff like that that is done typically by a human but we're going to make that process much more efficient we then ran into the problem that how do we actually see plant health uh, from above and so with that there's a sensor that's near infrared and that picks up plant health uh, within the field and we're able to stitch the nir readings using an ndvi algorithm And that creates a color-coded map that we can then see which part of the fields are stressed, which parts may be thriving. And then from there, we can output precision rate applications that are going to target those specific areas to make sure that we're backing our decisions with data and we're applying chemicals with precision. And then the final piece of technology that we use is called LiDAR. And LiDAR, in short, uses a laser to create an extremely accurate 3D model. And then with that 3D model... We're able to do things like assist with mapping water flows and catchments, monitoring erosion and soil loss, and then that can be used to further back the decisions that we're using NDVI for, and then with that we create a turnkey solution that lets you make data-backed decisions on the farm to lower your costs and increase yields. So Brian's going to go into the specific services that we offer and how each of these technologies kind of benefits each one of those services. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Alex. So, you know, as mentioned, um, pretty heavy stuff when you think about it all, all, you know, things considered. But 
um, it's really beneficial because what it allows us to do is, is create a couple services that uh, I consider basically our heavy hitters. So um, one of those being plant population counts. So um, being able to scan, you know, a 50 acre field, for example, in under uh, 10 minutes, process the data immediately and give you um, an exact idea of what your emergence rates are on a per acre basis. Um, and then, for example, if you needed to go in and reseed, you can go in with a little bit more knowledge and understanding of which areas actually are going to need it um, and which areas you could probably stay away from because you know that they have sufficient uh, emergence rates. Um, another one to touch on would probably be plant health maps. Um, the real value there is just being able to catch disease before it actually becomes an issue or, or, or even visible to the naked eye for that matter with using the NIR, NIR sensor like Alex mentioned. Um, and where we actually use that for a real life relatable would probably be um, more commonly we see it a lot with soybean cyst nematodes, so you know SCN. And anyone farming in southwestern Ontario or Michigan, obviously you're very accustomed to this. It's, it's a very bad problem. Um, actually, I think it's probably first or second for total economic loss to a soybean farmer. Um, next would be uh, sudden death syndrome, so SDS. Um, and this one's a, a tough one because it can just hit you so quick. And you'll have no idea it's there and then it'll be too late. But using NIR, you have the ability to see things that just actually are not visible to your naked eye. So it gives you a little bit more understanding once again um, and confidence going into an application of crop protection, uh, knowing where it should be actually um, applied. And then defoliation uh, ratings as well in soybeans. We think that that's a pretty cool thing. Um, being able to you know really understand what areas of the farm are maturing faster or even if you know from a research perspective if you're testing different varieties uh we take this a similar approach here um, with the plant health map we're, we're judging the vegetation that's left on the crop um and once again scanning a field very very quickly and then uh, giving you instant turnaround um, and being able to to give you everything right away um so yeah just just with that i'll touch on another example if i could actually so Two growing seasons ago, um, we were doing a soybean farm uh, for a fellow uh, just actually, just south of Chatham actually, and we had three ideas of what we wanted to do for seeding rates. Um, 200,000 seeds per acre, 180,000 seeds per acre, and 160,000 seeds per acre. And we broke it down from an economic perspective, and we seeded uniform levels of NDVI the same. So if one area that got a rating of, let's just say three, for example, we'd see that one at 180,000 and we'd see, we, we'd see the same block that had the same rating in another area of the farm with a different rate. And then at harvest time, we'd compare those two blocks and we would find what was the net bushel per acre gainer of the two. And then you'd have a little bit more understanding. So we actually found that the middle, middle, middle seeding rate of 180,000 seeds per acre was going to generate him more income um, on a per year basis if he did the whole farm based on those sort of matching levels. Yeah, exactly. And just touching on what Brian said before um, regarding the crop emergence service that we offer. So we had a client and they were spending way too much time out in the field manually counting each individual corn plant. So we came in, uh, we flew the five acre plot in just under a half an hour. Uh, we had the stand count analysis results to them uh, within 24 hours 
And when we compare that to their manual counts, uh, which took anywhere between four and five days versus the 30 minutes that it took us to fly it, we actually got an increase in accuracy relative to their manual count. Perfect. Yeah. So thanks, Alex. Um, basically, Taurus has been <laughs> quite an up and down battle for any Canadian farmer. Um, Alberta's finally been blessed with some good weather there lately, so they're making some progress, but it didn't look too great for a while. Um, Saskatchewan, I think the last report I read, they're nearing about 92% for completion, so uh, pretty well coming up on 100 now that we're past that. Um, Ontario and Manitoba will probably have quite a bit of corn and soybeans left. Uh, vomitoxin remains an issue in Ontario. Um, seeing parts per million anywhere on the high side, obviously 25 to 30. Um, and it's, it, it, it's present in pretty well Windsor to Ottawa um, as per OMAFRA as of their last report saying that it's, uh, it is present. So, um, yeah, but we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, we'd love to hear some feedback. So let us know where you're farming from. Let us know what's on your mind. Uh, and we'll be sure to touch on it next podcast. Thanks for tuning in.